chilling new original docuseries on Paramount Plus. Why did he kill his family? The answer lies across the ocean in a woman named Sylvie. She's a can model. Where desire leads to deception. I ended up spending twelve and fifteen thousand dollars a day. It was addictive. I can't get you out. And obsession leads to murder. Who did this to your family? You can't really maintain a fantasy forever. Control Alt Desire, now streaming on Paramount Plus. Let's go! It's the most all-star studded challenge ever. And this time, it's every competitor for themselves. Best challenge ever! The Challenge All-Stars. New season now streaming on Paramount Plus. Go to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Terms apply. This is with the first pick. The CBS Sports NFL Draft Podcast this is episode 104. I'm Ryan Wilson. If you're watching us on YouTube, that is Rick Spielman coming to us from the surface of the sun. Rick, it looks like it's hot where you are. What's what's going on over there? It's a little chilly down here on the island today. It's 65, so I had to put a sweater on. Uh, you know, hopefully it'll get closer to 80 by the time the show continues to move along. But right now it was a little chilly this morning for down here to being on the island. You're not in your usual office. You're you're moving some things around, so you had to do this from uh, the a remote location. Actually, <clears throat> my house is getting getting tented for termites. So tented as in Breaking Bad tented, but you're not making meth, if I'm hearing you correctly. No, no, I'm I'm killing termites, and <laughs> okay. and I wanted to make sure I got out of the house before they uh, put the tent over the house. My wife told me I should stay. I said, well, I got to get the dogs out. So luckily, I escaped a near death experience. But as we speak, I am uh, at a house where I'm going to be staying the next three days as they fumigate and kill all the termites that came after Hurricane Ian. Sounds like a, uh, a sitcom waiting to happen. By the way, uh, <laughs> producer Harry is with us today. Debo's uh, on location. I think he's actually doing doing literally doing the Lord's work. But uh, producer Harry, you would appreciate the fact that we joked last week that you were going to wear a hazmat suit at some point, but you didn't get a chance to do that. So. No, no, Maybe. I was, uh, yeah, I was trying to find one. And then I just said, I just can't take the risk. I mean, <laughs> I will, I will do everything I can possible for CBS, but doing a podcast, uh, in a house that's getting fumigated for termites probably is where I have to draw the line. That's where you draw the line. Fair <laughs> enough. Good news. I Rick today is mock draft Thursday. Cause I'm going to have you go through my latest mock draft with a fine tooth comb, uh, the mock draft we talked about on the last show came out Tuesday morning on CBSSports.com version 4.0, so you can check that out there, or we can uh, relive it live together here in real time. I would imagine, Rick, is going to be all unicorns and rainbows in terms of your evaluation. Oh, yeah, because there is 140 days. It is coming down uh, until the 2024 NFL draft, and the thing that I'm most excited about is what episode is this for us? 104. 104. Yes, sir. So as those two numbers come together, what ha is it Armageddon? What happens when the draft countdown clock meets the how many of the amount of shows that we've done? It's going to be a rip in the space-time continuum. I think it's going to be crazy. <laughs> it's going to it's going to be held on to your hats, fellas. Uh, by the way, in case you missed it, Rick and I on Tuesday did another old pop drop episode where we talked about the conference championship review edition. Look back to some of the rookie performances as well from the quarterbacks. And ranked our top five rookie performers overall back from week 13. Shout out to Will Anderson Jr. And Ricky said, don't uh, put on social the clip of you saying that Dallas Turner and Will Anderson are neck and neck. I tweeted that out yesterday for you. <laughs> Perfectly. Thank you. I appreciate that. Two fine young men and excellent football players. If you're going to sit in the back of the room and, and shout out the owner, I got to keep my eye on you. Make sure that I got receipts, as the kids say. Uh, you can check that show out in the old podcast feed. As Rick mentioned, we got 140 days left on the official with the first pick draft countdown uh, counter. It's nine o'clock. Rick gets mad when you call it a clock. And uh, Rick, before we get going, one last thing here. Saturday, Heisman Trophy announcement. Four candidates, Jane Daniels, LSU, Michael Penix Jr., Washington, Bo Nix, Oregon, and Marvin Harrison Jr., Ohio State. We've talked about all those guys to death. Two things from you before we get going. Neither one of us have votes. But if you had to rank them on your Rick Spielman ballot, just for the Heisman, how are you ranking them based on their college performances from 2023? I'm going to go with Michael Penix Jr. Oh, I love it. His team was undefeated. They won the Pac-12. They're going to the Final Four. And because of his play and the outstanding numbers that he put up, I think that he should 
be considered as the leader, in my opinion, for winning the Heisman Trophy this year. I think uh, I don't. I don't hate that at all. Jaden Daniels is the prohibitive favorite, according to the people who follow such things, and I get that as well because he, who knows how many losses that team had without him, they end up having three losses. But uh, I, there's very few flaws in Michael Penix Jr.'s game. Someone said I was listening to the Cover Three podcast or CBS Sports podcast. Those guys do a fantastic job. But someone said that they had heard on Twitter or something that Jaden Daniels is the best deep ball thrower in college football. I would argue that it's Michael Penix Jr. I would too. And okay. the reason I'm making a tiebreaker is Jaden Daniels had an incredible season, uh, you know, made the biggest jump out of any of these quarterbacks on positioning himself as a potential number three quarterback off the board this year. But when you have an undefeated record, win a, a power five conference championship, the Pac-12 is disintegrating, going extinct, whatever you want to call it. What a way to go out if uh, the best quarterback in the conference going to the Final Four, the last player in the Pac-12 would be the last player to win a Heisman Trophy as it exists today. So I, I get into the Hallmark Flowers and Butterflies <laughs> stories. Like the full, full circle arc stories of uh, college football <laughs> as it relates to Hallmark movies. And he beat Bo Nix, who's there twice. Yes. All right, so uh, one last question on this. If you're the Chicago Bears, you end up with the first overall pick. Rank these players on your draft board. What players? The four guys at the Heisman Trophy finalists. And I have Jaden Daniels. Michael Penix Jr., Bo Nix, and uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. Marvin Harrison Jr. Is your number one? Oh, God, yeah, without a doubt. You need a quarterback, maybe. Okay. Penix, number two. What? What? Oh, you're are you... Are we talking about just best player or ranking them like how you'd want them on my draft board? Yeah, they're on your draft board. You're right. Oh, okay. Okay. That's easy then. I, I misunderstood. Again, okay. there's no clear direction on this show. I try to look at things black and white. It's gray. It's presented to me gray. It's hard to figure out. I just need some direction. Remember, okay. I'm just a scout that sits in the corner. Next to the Trying owner, to get the GM fired. I know. I know who you you're are. the GM. I would rank them Marvin Harrison Jr., Jaden Daniels, Penix, and Bo Nix. Okay. When you said Penix second, I was getting nervous. Well, Selling me. Yeah. All right. I wouldn't do that. I don't want to sound like you. No, you do not. That's a right. Yeah. You have 40 days. Don't worry about it. There's a there's a running joke, producer Harry, that in 40 days, Rick's going to quit being nice to me and things are going to get real like it's the real world. So hold, hold on to your hats for that as well. So counting down the days, getting nervous. Uh, Heisman Trophy, Saturday night. Look forward to that. Rick likes Michael Penix Jr. I think Jaden Daniels is a prohibitive favorite. We'll see. Maybe Bo Nix will win. Uh, no way on, on God's green earth that Marvin Harrison Jr. will win. Probably the first time he doesn't win an award uh, in which he's in the running, but it's that's going to be tough sledding for him. All right. Remember, leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Nominate an FBS or FCS college player who is draft eligible, and we'll evaluate on the, on the old show here coming up. We've got a list of guys to get to, so we'll start doing that. And as always, tell a friend, especially a friend who's a fan of a terrible NFL team and they're interested in the draft about the old podcast here because we'd love to have them listen and give us a thumbs up on the old YouTube machine if you're watching right now. It helps spread the word. All right, Rick, the moment of truth is here. My mock draft 4.0 came out on Tuesday on the podcast, on the, uh, excuse me, on the website, cbsports.com. We touched on it briefly on CBS Sports HQ Spotlight on Tuesday. So you haven't seen all the picks at least in detail, you probably scanned them and scoffed and laughed and then threw your computer against the wall. But let's <laughs> no, my computer is too valuable to, uh, to waste the negative energy thrown it against th the you wall. You threw your, uh, your beach ball size squeeze ball I, against the wall. Even when I travel, I have squeeze balls. <laughs> Harry, producer Harry's learning all sorts of things about, about Rick Spielman, what it's like to run the NFL franchise. All right, let's start at the top, Rick. The official draft order, as we sit here heading into week 14, Chicago Bears have the first overall pick by virtue of the Carolina Panthers not being very good. But I have them trading down. One pick. The New England Patriots moving up. There's the graphic if you're watching on YouTube. And I know you're going to take issue with the compensation. So let's talk about that first. So I put these words in your mouth on Tuesday. And I'm going to keep saying it until you disagree with me. But I'm going to keep saying what you said last year about the Texans who had two first-round picks. The Patriots have to get a quarterback in this draft. You agree, Still? Yeah, no, no question about it. Yes. So I had them trading up from two to one. They don't want to mess around and let some other team trade up for Caleb Williams or Drake May or whoever their quarterback is. So they get the number one overall pick. The Bears in return 
get that pick from New England, the number two overall pick. They get a 2024 second round pick and a 2024 fourth round pick and a 2025 third round pick. Now, this may look familiar to the Eagle Eye viewer because this was the compensation that the Bears gave the 49ers in 2017 to go from three to two. The only difference is uh, the next year's second round pick was a third round pick in that case. So there's a lot of moving parts here. So I, I upped the ante by a third rounder to a second rounder in this case. You think that's still too cheap, correct? Yeah, I think if uh, it depends, like you, everybody uses their trade charts and you can go by the numbers and all the trade charts are not the same. So I think that teams that are making trades now, right now are starting to look at history. <clears throat> and if you looked at what Chicago did with Carolina last year, and I understand they jumped from nine to one, which was two first, two seconds, and, and a bunch of change on the back end, plus a DJ Moore. Yep. So from a history standpoint, would you think that Chicago would want at least another number one for sure going into the 2025 draft? And maybe they go after a player that they need as part to sweeten the deal as well because they've shown that they'll take a player and DJ Moore has had a, a great season for uh, the Chicago Bears and showing he's you know their number one receiver this year. So they also have the number five pick as we currently sit here. And other, something else, I went back and looked at the what those picks ended up being in terms of the San Francisco-Chicago trade. The, the Bears traded up to get Mr. Trubisky in that same draft with Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes. That's a story as old as time at this point. So here's what those picks ended up being that Chicago gave up to get Trubisky. Uh, the 49ers took Solomon Thomas, the defensive tackle, with that uh, third pick, and he's he's been a good pro. Then Alvin Kamara was one of the picks that was later traded away from San Francisco to the 67th pick. That, that turned out to be a great pick. Uh, another one of the picks, uh, 49ers turned into Fred Warner. So my question to you is, and there, uh, a, an extra pick in there, Tedrick Thompson didn't didn't pan out as an NFL player, but would you rather have right now as we sit here, I know the answer is just rhetorical, Solomon Thomas, Alvin Kamara, Fred Warner, or Mr. Bisky on your football team? I mean, uh, boy, I, I, are you asking me? Or is that like... That's you, rhetorical, but you can answer it. Yes, I would rather have those Mr. Wilson on my team than Mitch Trubisky. I think... I think you actually asked about this last year. I have to go back and look, but I think you asked to see what the compensation players ended up being when teams trade up for quarterbacks. And and more times than not, off the top of my head, and we'll revisit this, I'm sure, the players, the extra players ended up being better than the quarterback. So that's something else you have to consider. You're right. But when you're when you're desperate, you're desperate. And if you hit on a quarterback, then like when uh, Kansas City, I believe, if they traded up to go get Patrick Mahomes, you can have all those other guys if I got a Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> so you st you need a franchise quarterback. And you so, know what else? We we don't talk about this, not one iota. We spend a lot of time talking about the Bryce Young trade. No one, I have not yet heard one person say, I can't believe the Texans had to give all that up to go number three to get Will Anderson. Right. Because that's, that's the point. You got to get it right. So anyway, that's the bones of the conversation for the trade up. So now that they've traded up, the Patriots have... And it sounds like they're going to have a new coach, and who knows what else is going to happen in the front office. They need a ton of help on, on the offensive side of the football. I had them taking Caleb Williams first overall. How's that strike you? But, uh, to me, it's a no-brainer. That's oh, why okay. you're going up to make that trade, because I think he is the best quarterback in this class. Uh, he's the best quarterback that has come out in a while. And if you, if you believe that and New England believes that, then you got to go get that guy, because when his new ever ever has new england ever been this close to getting a guy like a caleb williams never yeah i don't know was drew bledsoe the first overall pick back in 93 if so that's 30 years ago that's the point right so, um it's it's been a while and that was gosh i don't remember the coach bill parcells came um Pete carroll came and then bill belichick came after Pete carroll i believe but parcells that was right around the time that parcells came to new england but i don't think he was there when they were there was a reason he came to New England, my point. So number two, Chicago Bears trade down one spot. I'm working under the assumption that they're going to roll with Justin Fields. Hopefully he plays well over the next five weeks and gives them some of the same answers that it feels like Kyler Murray has given Arizona because it feels like just on the outside looking in that Arizona's happy with Kyler the way he's played. I certainly would be. And if they're going to stay with, with Justin Fields, they have a ton of cap space. Next year's year four. Let's say Justin Fields plays well enough that convinces you to keep him, Rick. Are you going to give him the fifth year option? Which I think does that have to happen in May? Yes, you got to make that decision if he's going into uh, 
He's going in year four next year. Year four. Yeah. So I believe you have to make, yeah, you have to make that decision on the fifth year option. Just like, or is it like, let's go back to uh, Daniel uh, Jones. Yeah. Right. Was he in the fourth year going into his fourth year with the, the Giants? I just haven't looked that up, uh, but I believe. And then they decided not to exercise the option. Right. I don't, do you, I don't, I can't remember and I apologize. Is it after year four? Or I think they have to do it. I think they have to do it this spring for this Daniel spring for, make, for Justin. Yeah. Okay. Then you have to make that decision. So if they keep Justin Fields and plan on them exercising the option, and maybe they do something similar to what Green Bay did with Jordan Love. That's a good and point. And then and making out maybe a two year deal to see how it pans out. Maybe that's good for Justin Fields because if he continues to ascend like he's been ascending over these last five or six games then he's going to get a big prey day a lot earlier than if he did some kind of uh, long-term extension now. And Jordan Love's going to get paid this this offseason. He has to. Yes, he's he is. The way 40. he's been playing the last three yeah. or four weeks, yes. So that's betting on yourself and making it work out. So knowing all that, I have the Chicago Bears taking Marvin Harrison Jr. And, you know, I keep coming back to the same old point. Tua and Tyreek, A.J. Brown, Jalen Hurts, Steph Diggs, Josh Allen. You would imagine having Marvin Harrison with DJ Moore, with Darnell Mooney, with rookie Tyler Scott, with Cole Komet, and Cole and um, Justin Fields playing better. Maybe get another coaching staff in there. I don't know. It feels like a, a layup to me. Yeah, there's no question. You take Marvin Harrison Jr. and I don't think Mooney will be there next year. I think he's an unrestricted free agent. Okay. So, but if you have those two receivers, that has potential to be maybe the best combination of receivers, which. Who would ever say that about the Bears in the past <laughs> uh, of going forward? Yeah, Moose Muhammad and who else? Brandon. Uh, what was Brandon's last name? Brandon played there for a while, too. He was good. The, the big wide receiver out of uh, UCF. Played for the Broncos. What was Brandon's last name, Rick? I can't remember. <laughs> I, I'm working. I'm not in my environment. I'm trying to adjust. No, you're out of your element. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right. Number three. The Arizona Cardinals. As I mentioned, by winning that game over the Steelers at least for a week, they maybe have taken themselves out of the Marvin Harrison Jr. sweepstakes. Perhaps Chicago trades down and lets a team trade up for a quarterback. Perhaps Chicago takes a quarterback here, and they, they still have Marvin Harrison Jr. available. Instead, I have them taking Olaf Oshnu. You bookend them with Paris Johnson Jr. on the right side, and the offensive line gets better. Kyler Murray's a year, you know, a little further removed from the, the ACL, and you start, you start, rebuilding that team because I think Kyler has a chance to to be what Jonathan Gannon hopes he can be. And Jonathan D Gannon, we haven't talked a lot about him because this team hasn't won a lot of football games, but I feel like he's done a really good job with uh, sort of keeping that team focused under some trying circumstances. Yeah, and I could, you know, Fashano, is he considered a, definitely considered right now, I believe, as a franchise left tackle. I know they have DJ Humphreys, who's had a decent year. The only thing that may come up in that draft room is if we think Dallas Turner is similar to Will Anderson or even better, mm. they need mm. pass rush help too. So I think I would lean towards the offensive tackle, yeah. Shanu, but I sure the heck consider Dallas Turner as an alternative. By the way, Brandon Marshall. It took us 10 minutes to figure oh. out Brandon Marshall's last name. Unbelievable. All right. Uh, offense, I think edge rush might be slightly deeper than offensive line class here. That'll inform your decision. But again, we got time to figure it out. Number four. And let me just say the Washington Commanders are currently picking number four. Let me just say that Commanders fans uh, gave this pick an F minus. <laughs> I did too on Tuesday <laughs> <laughs> when I put it on Twitter. Less so because of the player, more so because of the position. They, they're all in on Sam Howell. I like Sam Howell too. Um, he some of the sacks he takes is on him. A lot of the sacks he takes is on the offensive line. I think there may be a new coaching staff there as well. We'll see. So if you're not sticking with Sam Howell, and I just I, I wanted to get I wanted to make the case that Jaden Daniels has a chance to go over Drake May. Now, does it happen in real life? There's probably like a five percent chance as we sit here. I texted a few people around the league, and they didn't say it was crazy. They didn't come out and say, "Yeah, 100 percent, absolutely." But they had heard wackier things. So I had Jaden Daniels going to Washington with this fourth overall pick. We talked about Jaden a moment ago in terms of the Heisman race and all he's done for LSU. Are you more upset with the player or are you more upset that we didn't address a bigger need at the offensive line position? 
Uh, well, I'm going to address even a bigger need. I think this would be a mistake, especially if Drake May was still on the board. I don't see Jaden Daniels as the number two quarterback, although I'm sure those F minuses that you got from the fans out there were all <laughs> encouraging you to think through the next time that you put something up. Very polite. I, I, I'm, I'm squeeze ball count to 10. So <laughs> I'm going to go with the assumption, okay, that Arizona went with Fashanu, like you said. Yeah. Fashanu. And there's no way they can pass Dallas Turner. That is a. What about Joe bigger- Alt? That is a much bigger need. Oh, Dallas wow. Turner's an edge rusher. They right traded away both their edge rushers. Yep. To me, if I like Dallas Turner and I think he's going to be an impact like Will Anderson has been, I'm going to go with the edge rusher. Now, worth keeping in mind, you also have the 36 pick and then the 40th pick as well. So you have th- four, 36, 40, and 68. Um, so. Mm-hmm. You feel like you can better chance of getting an offensive lineman at 36 that can help you right away than an edge rusher. Yes. Because okay. I think the edge rush, I think Dallas Turner hasn't has a chance to be uh offense or defensive rookie of the year next year. Yeah, I, I don't I, I'm not gonna push back on that. He he's he's been phenomenal this year. And you're not drafting a quarterback in the top hundred? No. Okay. You're okay with Sam Howell? Yeah. Yeah, I am too, but I you know, I was trying to mix it up, give the fans yeah. give Well, the fans mix up. it up, but mix it up with some logic. Okay, uh, let me ask one last logical follow-up here. Why trade Montez and Chase then? Contracts? That's why, contracts, they have already paid a lot of money to the two defensive tackles, Payne and Allen. Yeah. Um, so you can't pay your whole <laughs> salary cap to four players on the defensive front. So yeah. by getting and drafting another uh, rookie, Defensive end that's a pass rusher. Now it's expensive because you're talking about in that area, maybe twenty-five to thirty million dollar guaranteed over, but it's over that four-year period. So that's a lot cheaper than paying uh a Montez Sweat or Chase Young twenty to twenty-five million a year. Yep. Gotcha. All right. Uh I think the commanders fans would would certainly appreciate your your thoughts more than mine, but Hey, you got a 30 year head start on me. So give me a break. Rick. <laughs> yeah. And I'm just a, I'm just a guy in the corner. Of Humble the room. servant trying to Humble get the boss servant. fired. Yeah. Just trying to, <laughs> trying to contribute any way I can. All right. Number five, the, the, uh, the bears back on the clock here. Got Marvin Harrison jr. At number two in this mock draft at number five, they take your guy, Dallas Turner done and done moving on. What do you think? Oh yeah. That's a no brainer, but he's not going to be there. If it's Washington, I can't see him passing by. Unless a Fashan who's there. I was going to say, they got to protect that guy, Sam. He's getting killed. Yes. But (laughs) you don't pass up pass rushers. You just don't do it. That's just number one rule. All right. When we get to the next pass rusher, I'll ask you to to tell me the the difference between the the top two or three guys that we like a lot here. Um, But Dallas Turner, if he's here at five, the Bears sprint to the podium, as they say. Pair him with Montez Sweat. And And this team. you're You're off to the races. You you're having if you're the ownership you're like there's no reason not to be competitive in this division and by that I mean you need to be near the top slash wild card race is that correct yes you're okay. you're in the playoffs if you're right with you better moves. be yeah number six the New York Giants I mean things took a turn once Tommy DeVito t- started taking off here their fortunes changed Rick and now they find themselves in a position where Drake May falls in their lap and they take Drake May. Daniel Jones 2.0. How do you feel about that? I think he's better than Daniel Jones 2.0. So, <laughs> yeah, this is a no-brainer. If it fell like this, you take the quarterback and you and you move on. Uh, I like to say, and you probably won't like this because your comp is more more Trevor Lawrence. Mine is. I like to say that Drake May has a. He's on the spectrum when it comes to comp on the comp. It, it could be best case Trevor Lawrence. It could be less than best case Daniel Jones. So I think somewhere in between there is where he's going to land. But he still that makes him a franchise quarterback. You still have to take him. There's certainly a, a better chance that he goes number two than number three. But just for the purposes of interesting conversation, as you might coin it, I, I had I mixed things up here a little bit. Would you say that Jane Dales has a chance to be a top ten pick? No. Okay. What's the downside of Jane Daniels? He's Lamar Jackson for me. I already said that, so don't use my comps. Well, Lamar Jackson went thirty second. I think he should have gone top ten. I'm just telling you that he won't go that high. Okay, I'm asking you why. 
huh? Because <laughs> there's, there's still a few holes in his game, and he made a tremendous jump. Now, maybe he goes in the top 15, maybe okay. someone trades up. But if you're saying that he's going before Drake May in this, how do I say it correctly? <laughs> nicely. I, 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 yeah, I nicely. yes. <laughs> Uh, I am speechless. Dear squeeze ball, give me strength. In this controversial uh, mock draft that you came out with, uh, I cannot see it. And and I cannot see that if Drake May was already gone and Jaden Daniel was sitting there, that he would be right now, the Giants would be considering. Yeah, they're taking Joe Alt, I think, right? Yes. Yeah. And then they have they have more first round uh, offensive tackles on the team than any team in in, in human history. But that you got to do it. You got to fix it. Okay, so Drake May goes here. Daniel Jones they still have to pay for one more year, but that might be best case scenario for all parties involved. But they're going quarterback if that's available, or maybe you just roll with Tommy DeVito. Maybe he, you name him starter and just uh, trade off all the other assets. Okay. Number seven, I, I'm raising my hand as the scout back in the corner yeah. sitting next to the owner. Mister Spielman, what do you got? <laughs> Nothing. I'm talking to the owner. Oh, oh what did you say? <laughs> it's like, this guy is absolutely lost his mind. <laughs> <laughs> the owner's like, uh, who do you think should replace him? And then, you, then you give him your. You, yeah, you him I your did speech. it for 30 some years, uh, maybe. <laughs> Next up, the New York Jets. I have them. And I think in the actual draft order now that's come out, the Jets are picking ahead of the Giants. They're six instead of seven. But here, uh, when this thing came out, the Jets were seventh. I had him taking Joe Alt. Yeah, that that's a no-brainer. They got yeah. to take an offensive tackle. So let's say the roles are switched and the Jets are picking at number six before the Giants pick. Are you taking the quarterback or the tackle? Um, Drake, Drake May's Mays? on the board. Oh, yeah. I'm taking Drake May. What if Aaron Rodgers specifically tells Joe Douglas, please don't draft the quarterback? Do you care? No, I'm, I'm doing it. I'm doing <laughs> what I think is best for the Okay, I'm sorry, Aaron Rodgers. You're going to be here the next 10 years? Right. No. Okay. I got to do what's best for the franchise. Okay. I don't disagree with you, but I'm sure it wouldn't shock me if maybe Aaron wouldn't like the idea based on history that it, the team drafted the quarterback while he was still there. All right. So the Jets at number seven, take Joe Alt. Man, if they could get guys healthy on the long, the offensive line, Elijah Bear Tucker was lost for the year. They, they would have a chance because that defense is so good. So Joe Alt makes a lot of sense there. Number eight, the Tennessee Titans are on the board. Will Levis. We talk about him every week. Uh, when we talk about Bryce Young and both quarterbacks spend a lot of time running for their lives on Sunday. So I had the Tennessee Titans taking uh, your guy right tackle out of Alabama, J.C. Latham, who we've talked a lot about as well. Any concerns here? No, they need offensive line help desperately, especially at the tackle position. Dillard is a, I will call him a free agent. He, he is not the answer at left tackle. And was it Petiti uh, Frere? Uh, yeah, Petit. Uh, yep. Uh, is a right tackle and he's injured all the time. So you have to take care of that offensive line. Drafted Skaronsky last year in the first round. He's been good when he's been healthy. He did battle the appendectomy. There's no conversation like there was with, um, gosh, who's the right tackle from Alabama who plays left tackle for the Browns got hurt? Willis? Yeah, there's no Eric. conversation like there was with Wills about moving him, Jedrick moving him from right to left with J.C. Latham, right? No. Okay. No, put, put J.C. Latham at right tackle. Don't. If he has potential to be a Pro Bowl player or a blue level player, don't take a player that plays at a blue level and move him to a different position where he can be red or just a um, an adequate to marginal starter when he can be a potential Pro Bowler. Example, uh, Tristan Worse. Yeah. He's been maybe one of the best right tackles. That's where he played at Iowa, you know, since he's entered the league. They moved him over to the left side. Now he's had some ath- he's got the athletic skills, but he has struggled more this year than he ever has with that switch. Okay. I'm fine leaving him there. I just know that Andrew, as you mentioned, Andre Dillard isn't getting the job done. So they got to figure that out. But it feels like they're going to roll with with Will Levis, who's flashed some not only arm strength and athleticism, but as Rick, you said Tuesday, you love his grit. He's he's probably the toughest player on that team on offense with the way he plays. All right. Number nine, the New Orleans Saints. No quarterbacks available here. What if what if Jaden Daniel were available here? Will you consider Jaden Daniels? Here? That'd be interesting. Yeah. That'd be an interesting conversation because Derek Carr, I don't think I think he's been, yeah, I would consider him a almost bust level big signing free agent this year. It's so, been tough to watch. And 
New Orleans and their philosophy down there is always in the now. They never really plan towards the future, mm. but a quarterback of Jaden Daniels' status is sitting there, and he's 60 miles from where you play, and his name, you don't think that would generate a lot of interest and a lot of excitement down in New Orleans? Yeah, and I mean, they, they love Taysom Hill. He's an upgraded version of Taysom Hill in terms of the quarterback position. I'm like, uh, it's not even close between those two. I'm just saying that he's an athlete. They like Taysom okay. Hill doing the crazy athletic stuff. Jay, Jameis has lost weight, but I wouldn't categorize him as sort of the athletic athlete that Taysom and or Jaden is. Either way, Derek Carr has hit a rough patch, um, as I sometimes tell my kids. All right, number nine, I had the New Orleans Saints instead. Since the quarterbacks are gone, the top three, Malik Neighbors, also 60 miles down the road. What do you think of this? Yeah, I, I think he's a number two receiver coming out of this year's class. So I think they need to add another partner. Michael Thomas can't stay healthy. They need another big playmaker to go alongside Alave, and this would be a great one-two combination. I'm still not sure who my number two is going to be because these guys are clumped together. And it could go any number of ways, and I wouldn't be mad. At number 10, I had the Tampa Bay Buccaneers going down the same road. And you can tell me if they need to target another position. But I had him taking wide receiver Roma Dunes out of Washington, who has had a fantastic season for the Huskers. Yeah, and he's almost um, – and you could disagree with me, but I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> he's almost Mike Evans-like type downfield, big, physical, fast receiver that goes up and gets the ball. So maybe he ends up being a Mike Evans type receiver for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And this is Mike Evans replacement who they haven't signed to an extension. And I think it's going to be very difficult for them to sign to extension uh, in the off season because his contract's up and he just went what 10 years in a row with plus oh a thousand gosh. receiving yards. So yeah. I think this would be a similar comparison to maybe a Mike Evans uh, down in Tampa with his style of play, with the Dunze style of play. So I'm looking at Mike Evans' combine stats. I'm trying to find, what's his 40 time? Because he's he's slowed down a lot. Oh, he didn't run the 40 the, at the combine, so there you go. He slowed down a lot, but coming out, he was plenty fast enough. He wasn't yeah. Tyreek Hill fast, but he was long-legged, stacking guys, contested catch guy at Texas a with Johnny Manziel. Um, he's, he's not that guy anymore. But Roman Dunze showed this season that he could certainly run um, more uh, certainly faster than we perhaps we thought he could over the summer, and he's just a contested catch machine. So I like the comp. He's a little bigger version of Mike Evans, thicker. I mean, yeah, Mike Evans is a big man now. Okay, I've, I've seen him. Okay, he's, yeah, I don't know if he's thicker than Mike Evans. Mike Evans oh. is a big, big man. All right, interesting. All right, all right. That's ten down. Got twenty two to go. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back here, we'll go to Vegas and see what they do to help that team. Right after this. Did you know that while over 60% of Americans dream of starting their own business, less than 20% of them take the first step? The reason? Building a business is tough. Taylor Brands is simplifying the business journey. From launching and managing to growing your business, Taylor Brands isn't just another tool. It's your online business partner from launch to success. With Taylor Brands, building your dream business becomes an effortless experience. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, ensuring you have everything you need in one place. From LLC formation to bookkeeping, invoicing to acquiring licenses and permits, and even setting up your bank account, Taylor Brands handles it all seamlessly. And our listeners will receive 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans using our link, taylorbrands.com slash Sports. That's T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A-N-D-S dot com slash CBS Sports. So start your business journey today with Taylor Brands. Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. Are you still listening? Good. Take a deep breath. You needed a break. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount Plus. So, yes, you can literally stream a stream. Paramount Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation. All right, Rick, we're back. And I was looking at the wrong Mike Evans. I was looking at the defensive lineman. <laughs> Mike Evans from Texas A&M ran a 4-5-3. <laughs> so that, that checks out. He's a four, he felt like a 4-5-3 guy coming out, especially at that size. 
Um, plays faster than that, but just for clarification before people get angry. All right, let's pick up the pace later a little bit. Got some picks to get through here. Las Vegas, number 11. Um, there was a story that came out after uh, they fired the coach, Josh McDaniel, that the general manager wanted to trade up for CJ. Josh loved Bryce, so they just stayed put and signed Jimmy Garoppolo and, and drafted Tyree Wilson, who's who battled injuries early in, in the in the season here. So this time around, I have them taking Michael Penix Jr. at 11. Too rich for you? We okay with it? What do you think? Well, they need a quarterback because Garoppolo is not the answer. Uh, he's been benched. And then uh, O'Connell, Aiden O'Connell, is to me a solid backup that will be a solid number two veteran guy. I don't think he is a what you would say a 17-game starter that is going to get you into the playoffs every year. So they have to do something. And if Penix Jr., and depending on who the new front office and the new coach coming in is, but if you look at the old Raiders way, they love to get speed on the outside and throw the ball down the field. And that would be a great quarterback to get if they were going to have a vertical passing game. And I think that at this point, you can see Michael Penix Jr. definitely being considered. They have to get a quarterback. If he's there, I think that'd be worth strong consideration. The biggest issue is going to be medical with Michael Penix Jr. Is that probably it? Yeah, but he's been playing. He hasn't missed a game, I don't think, the last two years. So right. that shouldn't be an issue. Okay, good. Good for him. All right, number 12, the Chargers. That's another situation where we could see overhaul uh, in the coaching staff. They've struggled in terms of consistency. They're much better on paper than they are in real life. So I have them taking edge rusher Jared Verse. Uh, Bose is obviously there. He has a foot. Khalil Mack will be 33 next year, and I think his contract's up in 2025. Jared Verse is another one of these um, edge rushers that uh, sort of packed together based on, on the way they played the last two years. Would you like Jared Verse here, or would you like to go another position? Uh, I think I would stick with Jared Verse here because mm -hmm. Mack's getting older. Um, he's going to, the edge rushers are going to start to go. They always go in the first round and, uh, Burst has really finished the season out very, very strongly against Miami. What he did against Florida, uh, what he did in the, uh, ACC championship game. So I'm anxious to see, uh, him play in the bowl game, uh, and to solidify himself as a number two, but, who knows? Maybe other teams see him ahead of Dallas Turner. So I think it's important for both of those players to get one more exposure, in my opinion. I know some people want to disagree with me to try to solidify who exactly is going to be the top pass rusher in this year's draft. Yeah, one of those people might be Jerry versus agent. We'll see. Uh, Tule Tulipiloto has played really well through the second round pick out of USC. We've talked about him a few times on the podcast. Number 13, the Buffalo Bills. And let me just say another angry fan, fan base when they saw the pick that I gave the Buffalo Bills. They've struggled with injuries at the cornerback position. Trey White, sort of Achilles after Terrence ACL a few years ago. Kair Elam hasn't worked out. Uh, Benford's been banged up, but when he's healthy, he plays. They had to trade for Rizul Douglas, so I had them taking Clemson cornerback Nate Wiggins, who's my cornerback one. Uh, he's had a good season, and he, we've, we've talked about him a little bit. He's tackling a little better than he was last season, which is something we wanted to see, but in terms of coverage, he's probably the top uh, as far as I'm concerned. The Bills fans wanted desperately a wide receiver here, but I went with cornerback. Any any thoughts on either of those positions? The only thing I would say, they may be a little scarred because Elam has been a bust, and yeah. there were some similar traits to Wiggins and Elam, man cover guys yeah. that weren't very strong in support. Wiggins is a little bit more willing, in my opinion, than what Elam's was when he came out of Florida. Um, but I would lean, again, depending on how their draft boards looks, if a receiver is there, you got Marvin Harrison gone, you got Neighbors gone, you got Odunze gone. So you're going to have to compare potentially a corner versus Keon the Carper. Uh, God, Keon Carper. Oh, Keon Coleman. Coleman. Good Lord. Yes. <laughs> Although Keon Coleman, I think, is behind those top three that you just named. Uh -huh. I think he's behind uh, behind those guys, but they do need help at the receiver position. Gabe Davis disappears. Uh, you know, Stefan Diggs is their only true number one, and he's starting to get a little older. Uh, but they need to get and Kincaid has had a really good rookie year. So, but I think they need to get some more help at the receiver position. But that'll be a discussion in their draft room, corner or receiver, in my opinion. 
Okay, so you didn't you, you weren't as angry as the the Bills fans were, but I think you're you're right. They're scarred with the the recent memory of those draft picks not working out. Next up, the Denver Broncos, uh, who had quite the turnaround over the last month and a half of the season, did lose to the Texans in a tough game on Sunday. But they're picking 14 here. Speaking of wide receivers, and speaking of Keon Coleman, I had him picking Keon Coleman. Uh, Cortland Sutton, we'll see what happens with him. We'll see what happens to Jerry Judy. Um, I think that Keon Coleman, I don't know if he's going to end up being wide receiver four, but he's going to be in the first round conversation. He's big, he's strong, he's fast, he has returnability. Keon Coleman, too rich for you, another position? I, I may consider uh, the edge rusher here as well. Uh, lot to, if he's still on your board. He is. Um, I would consider that as a potential if he checks out medically. Yeah. Uh, especially when you're playing against Patrick Mahomes and you're playing against Justin Herbert. They got Browning and, and uh, Cooper. They're two young pass rushers, uh, but they got rid of Randy Gregory, as you recall. They cut um, the uh, – who was that that played with Kansas City last year? They signed him, and then I think he signed Frank Clark. Oh, Frank Clark, uh, yeah. Yeah, so he's gone. So I think that I would, again, knowing the group of receivers – that I'm going to go with the edge rusher here if he checked out medically, and I would go with Latu. All right. Well, funny you mentioned Latu because at pick 15, Seattle Seahawks are on the board, and they go up the street to Washington. Excuse me, UCLA used to play at Washington. Go down the street, get Latu Latu, edge rusher here. Everything with him is going to be medical, as you mentioned, because everything on the field screams first-round pick and, and game-changer. Yes. Yeah, no, no. If he's there, then to me, that's a no-brainer. They need help. Uh, rushing off the edge. So this would be a, a very good pick for Seattle. All right. Number 16, the LA Rams. And they've had it quietly. They had a great draft after going what felt like two, two, 20 years, whatever, drafting a player because they kept trading the picks. Did win the Super Bowl. But this time around, I had them taking Amiris Mims, right tackle out of Ohio State. They took Steve Avila last year. He's out of Georgia. Ohio State, out of Georgia. Thank you. I was trying to remember Steve Avila. Uh, as the second round pick they took in in the spring draft, who who starts um, at guard for them, Amirius Mims out of Georgia, battled ankle injuries all year, got hurt again in the conference championship game, had to leave late in the first quarter, I believe. His first start was last year against Ohio State in the playoffs and played out of his mind, and that's what generated that buzz. You got to do a lot of homework on Amirius because you haven't seen a lot of him. Assuming he comes out, correct? Yeah, no, and I would be very cautious of taking him here there where wow. you have them. Yeah. I would be guys that are hurt are always going to be hurt. He hasn't played a full season where he's been completely healthy. And I know he wasn't a starter last year and you see the flashes they have Haverstein, you know, they drafted last year, uh, Avila, the kid from TCU is having a really good year. Mm -hmm. I can see them, you know, looking at an offensive lineman here, but I don't see Mims, and Mims plays on the right side. If they need any help, they need help uh, at the left tackle position. Yeah, that's going to be an interesting to watch. Interesting one to watch because the athleticism and the power is there. It's just the if you're not playing. My personal know. opinion, just the guy sitting in the corner on this podcast, yeah. just throwing my two cents in. I would not draft this player this high because of the durability concerns. No, that's a fair concern. Duly noted. Thank you for telling the owner first, but uh, I appreciate the input. All right, number 17. And I'm surprised this didn't get more pushback because I had Brock Bowers lasting all the way to the 17th pick. And if you read the fine print there that producer Harry has on the screen, I note that in the last 20 years, 19 tight ends have gone in the first round. Five of those were selected in the top 10. The other 14 were drafted between 19 and 32. And the point is that even though we love a lot of these players, and I absolutely love Brock Bowers, NFL teams typically push them down the draft boards because of their positional needs. So if he's here at 17, you take him and you move on if you're the Bengals, correct? Yeah. Well, as fast as Chicago ran with Marvin Harrison's card to the uh, podium, if can you imagine Brock Bowers in that offense? They're missing a tight end right now. T. Higgins is out of contract this year. He hasn't had a great year. Tyler Boyd is, I believe, coming up into free agency as well. So you're going to need playmakers, and they haven't had a true playmaker at the tight end position. But you add in a Brock Bowers, this to me is is a no-brainer if he's actually sitting here. Yeah. And the only reason that he would probably fall is because he had that ankle surgery during the season and hasn't quite looked like he was, but it's incredible he's playing right now on that ankle. 
Um, so I would, uh, I would say that you're going to get a player that probably would have been a top 10 pick if he didn't get hurt this year. No, I agree with you. Next up, 18, Arizona. It's the pick from Houston when Houston traded up last year to get Will Anderson Jr. So they got Olaf Hashinu at number three. They circle back and get Amika Buka, get another weapon for Kyler Murray. Any objections with Abuka, who's battled injuries this year? Hasn't looked quite the same. I, but I think- I, yeah, I, he's a second-round pick to me. He's behind oh. all these other guys. Oh, so no. I, I think that he hasn't looked at the same juice as he had. He played good in Minnesota. They played okay, had a drop on a slant route in the Michigan game. Let's see how he finishes out over these playoffs. But I, if I were him, I would go back to school because I think if he goes back to school, depending on what they do, a quarterback now, because their quarterback jumped in the transfer portal, McCord. Um, but Jim I would go back to, yeah, to school and um, come back next year and probably be the uh, number one receiver on the board going into it. Is this too rich for Adonai Mitchell? I mean, we're at pick 18 here out of Texas. Now uh, you got Mitchell. Um, you got Worthy, who's probably too rich. You got uh, – Leggett, um, your guy Leggett. There, there's a couple guys in there, and and what about we didn't even talk about McMillan, Jalen McMillan at Washington. Washington. There's a lot of guys, and these guys are going to start popping here. Yeah, Um, Jalen Polk, the other teammate out of Washington. All right, yeah, that's a breaking news here. Yeah, a lot. But you'd be okay with a wide receiver here for Arizona, though. Uh, Yes, since I already got. The, would you take the, with their first pick? Fashnu. Oh, then I would look at uh, the next edge rusher. If there's another edge rusher coming into play, is a well, one Robinson that... come into play here? All right, there's one that come that comes up with the very next pick at 19. The Atlanta Falcons taking your guy JT Tuamaloal out of Ohio State. Too rich or Too rich. He, you think so? Because he he flashes and then times he you don't. He's see him more like... disruptive than productive. Yeah, that's he has to put. It production on and to me other guys were more productive as edge rushers than him that are equally as talented he's long he's athletic he plays hard he just needs to finish and be more productive okay i get it sometimes you overdraft the position because of future productivity too high too high duly noted number 20 green bay packers you like this guy a lot. I came around on him, and I think I don't know if you're souring or not. Let's see. Cooper DeGene, the cornerback out of Iowa, have him going to Green Bay because of the versatility with cornerback, perhaps safety, and also he gives you some returnability. Yeah. Um, well, Green Bay is not going to take an offensive player. They never do. <laughs> so, <laughs> But I could see them potentially going here. I think he's a really good football player. He would be on my – just good football player list. Yeah. I think he kind of fell off a little bit towards the end of the season and some of the later tape I watched. Can he play man coverage? He's very instinctive. I think he would be a Pro Bowl caliber type safety. Wow. Uh, with his ability to run support, his coverage, his instincts. I don't know. I would definitely have that conversation on safety, Nick, kind of like even a Brian branch type player rather than putting him out on the edge as a corner. I actually like that. I actually like the idea of him playing close to the line of scrimmage. I thought you'd be maybe moving him back or more back, uh, farther back in the center field. Okay. 21 Minnesota Vikings. You may or may not know something about the organization. I can't remember. I had him picking Johnny Newton defensive lineman at Illinois. (laughs) I didn't finish my sentence. Yes. 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 (laughs) So this feels about the sweet spot, right? For him. Yeah. And I wouldn't be surprised if, uh, in Atlanta or Arizona, Ooh. he doesn't go earlier because he's the best defensive tackle that can play the run and also get pressure on the quarterback. Yeah, he, I think he's really helped himself coming back and having a very strong year. This is another example yep. of guys that bet on themselves, come back for one more year, and look at the type of money this kid made this year. So I, I think he's going to go a lot higher than this, but if he was sitting there, to me, that'd be a no-brainer. Good. All right. 22. We'll do the Indianapolis Colts. I'm going to take a quick break and rip through these final 10 picks. The Colts, I got them some offensive line help. Another, gosh, another kid from Washington, Troy Fatani, the left tackle, uh, who may whose NFL future may be inside. And, Rick, you and I will talk about this later to get through the process because I struggle with figuring out which tackles need to move inside. 
because when I watch Fatanu play, he, he's athletic. Uh, he keeps his pad level low. He, he he's he's better than um, the kid that because I made the trade that the Jets took, who's a who's a good player. The tack um, that got hurt this year. We just Elijah Vera Tucker. Elijah Vera Tucker. Yeah, he I played left tackle at USC his final year and moved in. Yeah. I think this guy is more athletic. The only thing that drives me crazy about him when I'm watching the Pac-12 championship game, he's playing with shorts on. His, his, did you see? I couldn't take it. I was like, how can they let dudes go out there? He's got thigh boards on. And then after that, there's nothing. He cut his pants off there. I noticed that, but I, it, it didn't stick. It didn't stick with me. Oh, that drives me crazy. I wish, I don't know. I, I know producer Harry, all their his, linemen had it, but his was just yeah. blatant, outright let, blatant. Let me ask you this question and maybe we'll run a few minutes longer, Harry, but I gotta, I gotta get this in. I get nervous when, these guys aren't wearing knee braces, not because they're recovering from injury, but just for preventative. Did you guys do any research on whether that helps, whether it's worth it? Did you demand it? Uh, no, we didn't demand it. Uh, I don't know. It probably helps, especially with offensive linemen getting their legs rolled up. I don't right. know. There's research that, but what drives me nuts is wearing shorts. And I understand. <laughs> I've never that. seen that before. Yeah. And I'll know. Yeah. So out of all the things I was watching, I could not get that out of my head. And you know, <laughs> weird things stick into my head. Yes, sir. That's stuck into my head. Yeah. So usually you see like uh, punters and kickers wear shorts and sometimes receivers for fashion purposes. Never an offensive lineman until Fontenot. Yeah, he's going to know. He has to know. He has to wear pants with knee pads when he comes to the NFL. That is a role. And producer Harry, just so you know, in the combine interview process, that will be the very first question Rick asks him. So what's up with the shorts? Yeah, dude, what are we doing with our life? You're an offensive lineman. You kill people. You're athletic. You you do everything right, but you wear shorts when you play. Um, all right, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we'll rip through these final 10 picks, and we're going to go to Pittsburgh. What can they do to fix all that ails that team right after this? The baseball season is in full swing, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Stample, every weekday as we recap every player from every game. We'll talk waiver wire ads, drops, players to trade for, prospects who could make an impact, and everything in between. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Rick, I'll read you these off and we'll go through these pretty quickly so we can get out of here at a reasonable time. And then uh, if you have some points of contention you want to make. By all means, 23, the Pittsburgh Steelers on the clock. Kool-Aid McKinstry last at 23. The thing we've talked about all year with him is just how fast is he going to be. If he runs a 4-4, he won't be here. If he runs a 4-5-5, he may be here. But I think either way, I like the idea of Kool-Aid and Joey Porter Jr. sort of revamping a, a secondary that needs a youth infusion. Yeah, and Pat P. has had a great career or year with Pittsburgh and as a leader, and I know Pat Patrick Peterson because he was with us in Minnesota. I signed him up there. I know what he brings to the locker room, but you need a succession plan, and this would be a great succession plan. I think a great fit in their scheme. The 24 of the Houston Texans. This is uh, the pick they got via the Sean Watson trade by way of the Browns, and maybe Chop Robinson ends up going early. He did declare for the draft a few days ago to make it official, but the edge rusher out of Penn State, who's juiced up, but uh, maybe undersized when compared to Jared First or, or Dallas Turner. Yeah, no quest, no no argument here. He's too good of a player. Too good of a football player, maybe a little undersized, but good football player. That now you're getting into the port part of the draft where you want to just take really good football players. You know, trying to fill needs still, but let's get the best of the rest. Yeah, and he, in my opinion, fits in that category. All right, twenty-five, the Kansas City Chiefs, and this is sort of uh, piggybacking off what you just said here. Patrick Paul, the tackle out of Houston. Uh, I feel like that offensive line could stand a little upgrade especially the tackle position yeah but not him i'm not a fan i think he's a friday guy <laughs> okay all right we'll see we'll see 26 the jacksonville jaguars 
my guy, Talise Waga out of Oregon State, uh, another player that will whose future will likely be inside. Um, I love the way he plays as well. He plays with an edge. Yep, I like him. Very good football player, and they need help on the offensive line. 27, um, the Cowboys, and you'll you'll probably have some thoughts on this. Kamari Lasser, the, the long physical corner out of Georgia. He feels like a Dan Ken Quinn cornerback, but I don't know if you think this is too rich for them. Deron Bland with the fifth round. He should have been a first-round pick, it turns out. Yeah, except the way he played against Seattle. He came back to reality, but then he made a great catch, yeah. uh, interception to redeem himself. Uh, I just want to see what this kid runs. He's a big okay. physical corner. I just don't know if he runs well enough to play man coverage in Dan Quinn's scheme. Okay. A 28, Detroit Lions. I feel like there's someone there that you know who's in the front office. Braylon Trice, edge rusher out of Washington. I could see them looking and the, they need another edge rusher. Yeah, I the thought maybe in. they try to make a move uh, to go someone to go along with Hutchinson. Plays like Hutchinson as far as effort and energy. So as long as you put a guy that is passionate about the game in this slot and is a good football player, you got to put them uh, on a Detroit Lions probably draft board because that's how they've been picking and that's how they've been so successful in the the picks that they have made over the last couple of years under Brad Holmes. Uh, they've been hitting grand slam after grand slam with those draft picks this year too, man. All right, next up, San Francisco 49ers, a team with uh, zero needs. I have them taking uh, bolstering the offensive line with Kingsley, Sul Matei, and I'm probably mispronouncing his name, out of BYU, uh, played – out of position last year at right tackle. He's more suited to left tackle. I know there's some some teams that are really interested in him, even if he hasn't yet hit his potential. Yeah, and you just have to look. They need help on the right off on the right side of their offensive line. If you have to pick a hole in San Francisco, to me it'd be the right side of their offensive line. I don't know how long Trent Williams is going to continue to play, but as long as he's playing at the level he's playing, he can play for uh, a few more years to say the least. Uh, but if they can somehow address the offensive line issue, especially on the right side, if they can upgrade right tackle, I think that would be a uh, that'd be an outstanding pick for them. All right, next up, the Baltimore Ravens at pick thirty. Adisa Isaac. I went off the I went off the uh, oh, radar boy. here. Penn State played opposite Chop Robinson. I just want to throw one in there, talking to your point a few minutes ago about how sometimes you you, you don't see this guy coming, the player that gets drafted in the bottom five, six, seven picks of the first round. And we talked about Isaac on the podcast uh, a few weeks ago, and we liked him. We didn't talk about his first-round pick, but this is one of the flyers, maybe a guy who rises up draft boards after the, the all-star games and the the combine and whatnot. Yeah, he sticks out on the tape, and a lot of people I've talked to said this is one of the uh, big climbers. There you uh, go. So he could potentially land somewhere in the first round by the time this pre-draft process is all said and done. And he feels like an undersized athletic Ravens-type edge rusher that we've seen with uh, Adapa Owe. David Ajabo, so who knows? Pick 31, the Miami Dolphins. I got this new offensive line help with Graham Barton, left tackle for Duke. He's His future is going to be at guard or center to bolster the interior offensive line. Um, any pushback on that? I know you like Graham Barton a little more than I do. I do. I think this kid's a great football player, and I wouldn't be surprised if he went up at the Detroit pick because of their Ooh. situation. Big V, uh, the right guard for him is hurt all the time. You got um, their left guard, the kid out of Ohio State, um, who's up after this Jordan. year. Jordan. Uh, so I can see him being an ideal Detroit pick, too, because of the style of football he plays and the uh, type of football character that he has. That would be a home run pick, in my opinion, for Detroit Lions if they took him earlier. And so also, by extension, the Miami Dolphins as well. All right, number 32, final pick in the first round, Philadelphia Eagles. And you could go any number of ways here. I got them more help at the wide receiver position. Adonai Mitchell, they have uh, A.J. Brown, they had Devonta Smith, but not much after that. Uh, you have Dallas Goddard, of course, when he's healthy. I got Mitchell, who we've liked a lot, and I think has grown a lot as a receiver. Big target, twitchier than maybe you might think upon first viewing out of Texas. Yeah, I, I think they'll go with best football player. Ideally, they – at this, if they're picking this low, if there was a linebacker there because they desperately need linebacker help, in my opinion, the uh, Kobe Dean is always hurt. Yeah, um, you know they've just signed uh, Shaq uh, from Indianapolis Colts uh, because they're hurting at the. They got waived Shaq um, Barrett or no Shaq, Shaq Leonard. 
Shaq Leonard. Yep. So I think if there was a linebacker, I didn't see a linebacker yet that would, should be taken this high. But if there was a linebacker that could fill a need, and we'll see how the process, and I think it's too early for Trotter, too early for Carter down in the Clemson kids. I don't know this Texas AMM kid who I want to go back and do the linebacker there. Um, Small so, uh, smile, Munden. We haven't talked a lot about it yeah, at Georgia. At Georgia, season. yeah, yeah. yeah. Eichenberg is too rich right now. I think he's a Friday guy. There's not a lot of. I didn't see any first round linebackers, but if there was one that potentially popped up in this pre draft process, maybe you go that direction. Yeah, no, I get it. And that was or exposed. definitely secondary help especially if there's a yeah. corner left. I would do corner first if there was a corner left on the board that I like. Yeah, and that came into full display in that game against the 49ers on Sunday. That was Yes, it did. Fun watch as an Eagles fan. All right, Rick, we did it. Under an hour. That's a rep on episode 104. Thank you, Jesus, that Rick didn't get caught in the tent and get fumigated to death, so he's healthy. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you to all you guys who watch and listen and comment. We appreciate you. Thank you, as always, to my guy Rick. Thanks to producer Harry for sticking in for Debo here. We'll be back on Tuesday to talk more NFL draft. Have a good weekend, guys.